the sermon, second part, passion for the saving of the world till the whole world hears. Till the whole world hears. We have to have a passion. The world needs saving. The world needs Jesus Christ. We don't need social gatherings. We need to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone has to get busy. You know, this morning the Lord was reminding me, in church, God has brought us here together. And this is really deliberate in my heart. God has brought us here together to do work for him. And the least will be the greatest. So don't consider yourself as someone that cannot you know, provide anything. I can't do it. God saying you, feeling that way, you'll be the greatest. Because God is calling us to work. We have to realize that. When he calls you, he sanctifies you. You can't sanctify, sanctify yourself. You can't make yourself holy. When God says you are holy, you're holy. Whether you feel it or not, you are holy. The devils know it. The angels know it. You just don't know it yet. But when God says you're holy, you're holy. When God says if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you become righteous. If you do, you become righteous. You may not feel righteous, but the angels know you are righteous. The demons know you are righteous. You'll find out someday. But God has called us to do work. You remember this. And I want every one of us, everyone hearing my voice this morning, remember this. This is so important. Jesus gave talents to individuals. To one, he gave just one talent. The other, he gave two. And another, he gave five. Notice he never said anything to them about what they were supposed to do with their talent. And yet, when he returned, they had to give account. And the one that returned his talent, just one talent, he disapproved of. When God created you in him, he wants you to replicate yourself. You get to duplicate yourself. You can't sit back there and say, I can't do anything. He's going to ask you what you did with the talent that he gave to you. When you were born again, God put in you the ability to bring forth fruit. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, the vine... That's a person, Jesus Christ. You are the branch, another person. The fruit is going to be another person. And Jesus says, every branch in me that bears fruit, the Father purges. You know, the Father takes care of because the Father is looking for more fruit. And the fruit we're talking about is not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are just what they're called. They are the fruits of the Spirit. They are not your fruit. They are in you producing because of the Spirit in you. The fruit Jesus was talking about is lives. And he says, take note of this, and Jesus doesn't play with words. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what does the Father do? He plucks it off. I don't want to be plucked off. I've got to do something. 
I've got to reach out. And you know, all it takes is a willing heart. That's all God is asking for. He'll provide everything else. He'll provide the wisdom. He'll provide everything that you need to get the work done. When God called Angela and I to be pastors, I said to God, you know, I've never been this way before. I've never been in this road. How do you, how do you pastor? How am I going to get this done? And he says, I'll show you when you get there. <laughs> Just go out and do it. And then it gives you wisdom. But you have to realize that this is a serious matter. Because God is so invested in this that everyone is going to give an account for this. It's so important. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In other words, tell them the good news. Go, tell them the good news. Tell the good news to every creature. Everyone deserves to hear. They have the right to accept or reject it. But they have the right to hear it. And it behooves us to make them hear it. To allow them to hear it. Give them the privilege to hear it. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So when I said last Sunday, if you haven't been baptized, there is a note out there. Please write your name down. Sometimes we hear things and we're not doing according to what God says is so important. I know of a fellow who was a drug addict. After they got baptized, that thing was gone. Because God doesn't tell you to do something that's not spiritual. That's another way to connect to God that we don't understand. I don't understand it. I don't fully understand. I know it's burial with Christ and resurrection when you're lifted up. But all the spiritual transactions that's taking place while that's going on, I don't fully understand it. But I tell you, that will bring much grace in your life. And if you overlook it or neglect it, you may pay a price spiritually that you're not even aware of. You might receive much grace in, into your life if you just allow yourself to be baptized. That's why our church is going to celebrate when you get baptized. Sometimes you were baptized in the past and you turned away from the Lord and you have not known God for a while. When you come back, get baptized again. Renew the contract. Amen? Renew it. Get baptized again. So it's very important. It's a covenant between you and God. Renew it. Tell God, I'm back and I'm ready to go. And God will take you from there like nothing ever happened. And you start working with him again. You know, I wish the, the, the we believers can understand what's going on in the world. There was a prophecy this morning. There are a lot going on in the world that is hard to explain. And Jesus said, until this word of the kingdom is preached to every tribe, every tongue, the end will not come. But there are signs of the end. And you can see signs of the end today. And that's what that prophecy was directed to. You know, talking about this morning. I've never seen in my life people kill people with blood in their hands and don't have a care in the world about it. The world is coming to an end. Think about it. We are seeing the signs of the end. And so the Bible said, Jesus said, walk while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. What was he talking about? He was talking about going to win souls. Go out and work 
while it is day. The night comes. No one can walk anymore. Paul says the time is fast spent. The day is so approaching. And the night is coming when no one is able to work. This is the time for me to gather fruit unto eternal life. I have the power to do it. You know, that's why I shared with you that God has made us God in the world. We have the power by the words of our mouth, the gospel, to change your lives. We're not using it. Somebody spoke to me and brought Jesus to me. And I told that fellow, I remember telling that fellow, I don't think you know who you're dealing with. There is nobody in town that is as wicked as this fellow you're talking to. You can be a Christian, I can't be one. But God has transformed all of that. Thank God the guy never quit. He kept knocking on my door and asking me, please, come to church with me. Please come to church with me. I asked him and I said, I thought in my mind, this was an individual separate from the rest of us because I was wild, doing all the crazy stuff, just a little over my teenage years with a lot of money, going crazy, we party. It was party, party all night long. I'm telling you. And even though I was having a split headache the following day, I'll tell you I had the best time last night. It was wonderful. But this fellow kept coming. He said, you can be like me. I said, there's no way in this world. I don't think you know who you're talking to. I can't be like you. He was always singing in, his, in, in, in the little vehicle that, you know, we're wearing. He'll be singing, I know that heaven is mine. I know that heaven is mine. And he says, thank you, Lord. And everybody in the vehicle, it was a big van. You know, they took us in that big van. We were all going, we were constantly doing that because he was my co-worker. And everybody would tell him to be quiet, Samuel. Be shh, quiet. Every one of us going to heaven. He says to them, that's your business. And then he says, I mean, that guy could not sing for you. I mean, he couldn't sing at all. His voice was horrible. And that's the truth. Please don't point to your husband about that. <laughs> and all that will get mad at him. They curse him out. And he'll tell them, it's your business. You can go to heaven if you want. And then he'll start, I know that heaven. And I say, oh my God, he started again. And I watched him. Even though people criticized him and they cursed him out, we get back in our staff room, you know, one room, and I think they cursed him out good enough. He's not going to talk to them. He's joking with them and laughing when the topics change. And I thought to myself, I don't think he's human. He came from another planet. <laughs> he can't be human. Because for me, if they curse me out like that, I'll, somebody lose their teeth. Somebody's going to pay the price for that curse. But I saw that he, he had this joy about him. And then I told him, that was a mistake. I told him, I like you. <laughs> uh-huh. I said, uh, I said, I like what you're doing. God is really in your life. And he turned to me. He said, you can be like me. I said, huh? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> There's no way I can be like you. I am the greatest sinner around. He said, yes, you, you, you can be like me. 
and I started listening to him, but I was sure he was sadly mistaken. He kept, but he kept telling me to come to church. Every time he invited me, I had a good excuse. He'd come back again. No offense. Always loved me. Until one day, I told him, okay, Samuel, maybe if I go to church with this holy man, God will see that I've done a little good job, work, and he blessed me. So I went to church with him, hoping to receive a blessing. That was when, as I knelt down with them, no noise, I heard somebody speak in tongues. And I said, who did that? And then I heard another person speaking tongues somewhere. Now, I know in America, we don't, we don't uh, teach Bible study, Bible lessons in school. But in my country, while I was growing up, they made me to memorize scriptures. Thank God they made me memorize scriptures. I'm using them now. <laughs> I used to have Peter's defense on the day of Pentecost. And I'll quote it, you, you dwellers of Jerusalem and all of that. You know, Mesopotamia and all of the regions, Phrygia, let it be known unto you these days that these men are not drunk as you suppose. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. And I remember they talked about speaking in tongues. And I said, oh my goodness. Now, I knew Samuel was Roman on that planet. But now I am sure he's one of the apostles. He's got to be one of them. He speaks in tongues. And from that day, I feared him and liked him at the same time. But he kept pushing. Come, come. You're going to be like me. And I went and I went and listened to pastor and listened to the messages. I didn't know I was getting converted. But God changed my life. One day, it got serious. And I told myself, not going back. You know too much now. You know that there is a heaven. And you know that there is a hell. I have seen a demon manifest before my eyes. And that told me. And I read the scriptures. I knew all those scriptures from Matthew and all of this. I read them in school. But I had never seen a demon manifest before my eyes. I thought they were just stories. But to go to church and see a demon manifest... It brought it home to me. Now they speak in tongues and demons are manifesting. There's got to be heaven and there's got to be hell. I don't want to go to hell. God help me. I prayed and I was serious. I don't want to go to hell. Don't want to play that game. Let me let you know this. If you're here this morning and you don't realize it, life is so short. Even if it's a hundred years, it's so short compared to eternity. I'm amazed at people. If you are going, and I said it here before, if you are going on a journey and you know you are not, never going to return and you're not making any preparation, you're going on a long journey and you're never coming back. You are going to be there. None of us have been on the other side. You want to wait until you get to the other side to do what you have to do to discover what's on the other side. I don't want to wait. I want to know here first and make sure I am well prepared before I go there. I know that and I prepared myself. But there are so many out there, they are not prepared. 
And it's my responsibility to go out and share. And I thank God. God has called my wife and I to share this gospel. And I, I look beyond the art fellowship. Way out there. Because I got to preach this gospel. I got to preach this gospel. Just like Simon helped me to find God. And I'm grateful. When I accepted Jesus, I didn't even know if I would last a week. I thought you have to try to be good. I didn't realize that when you accept Jesus Christ, that power came from heaven that transforms your life. I didn't realize that. He transformed my life, and I didn't want to go back to any of those things that I was doing. And if I thought about it, I felt bad. There's that power from heaven that comes into your life when you truly accept Christ and you're serious that transforms your thinking. He transforms your heart. God says, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. And God said in Ezekiel 33, he said, I will put my spirit in you. And I will make you to walk in my ways and you will keep my judgments and do them. God says, I will do that. And I guarantee you, if you make that decision for Christ, he's there. Unless you're not willing. He's there. There is power available for the people of the world because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I'm determined by the grace of God, no matter what, never going to get discouraged, no matter what, the blood of God that poured out of him on the cross, that blood must never be shed in vain. I've got to go out. Right now, the way I feel, God's helping me and my wife. We're going to raise an army here, but my mind is out there. I want a good crusade. I want to see an elderly man, all gray-headed, walking up to receive God and receiving the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit and healed. I've seen that. I want to see that again. But this is my assignment, and I love it. I thank God for it. But I want to see them saved. And I pray that God will put in your heart that as a church, we will come together and decide. And I'm praying because I believe that I have authority over the principalities and powers and dominion and might over, over Cyprus. And I'm telling those demons, you got to release them. God is giving them to me as my inheritance and you got to release them. They are going to contact the gospel some way, whether they like it or not. And they are coming to church. Amen. Can you say amen with me? They are coming to church. They are coming to church. If they don't come to this church, they will go to another one. They are going to come to Christ because his blood can never be poured out in vain. Jesus cannot scream out, it is finished in vain. We've got to let them know. We've got to let them know. We've got to let them know. You know, I was reading in Acts chapter 8. How the early disciples, after the 3,000 had been saved, and after the 5,000 had been saved, there was great persecution in the church. Paul was, then Saul, was really fighting with the believers, and I know why he was fighting. Paul had built his life, Paul had built his life on the Jewish religion. He spent everything, that was his hope. Paul had nothing for his life except the Jewish religion. A young man becoming a chief Pharisee, that's a lot of work. This man really pursued it all the way to the top. I don't know if it was part of the Sanhedrin, but he went to uh, the school of Gamaliel, and one of the greatest teachers there that everybody listened to, 
Paul was really invested in this. And when he listened to Stephen speak, Stephen was telling him, I'm telling you, Paul, and the rest of you, this your temple and all this veiled stuff and the priest stuff, that's gone. God's come out of that place. He's all over the world now. The Jewish religion is coming down and God is setting up something new. And Paul was saying, huh? You mean I did all of this for nothing? Son, you're going to die. You, you, you die. And so that's what he did. He was very zealous. He was going to protect his religion. And many people are like that. They criticize Christians. They criticize the word. You know why? They don't want any change. They want to stay where they are. They don't have to do anything. But whether you like it or not, one day you're going to stand before the king of kings and the lord of lords. He says that now Saul was consenting to his death. That's the, the death of Stephen because to Saul, to Saul that's Paul, he's got to die. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church. I wish God would let that happen to our church in the United States today. I wish that will happen to us. Because we are sitting like the Laodicean church, and we're talking about the Ark Fellowship. <laughs> so don't talk to me about this. But we're sitting like the Laodicean church so filled. We got money. We got everything. And we're not concerned anymore about what's going on in the, the heart of God. That's what's happening. They were going to stay in Jerusalem. And God is always like that. <laughs> you remember when they were building the tower? And they were going to stay in that one place? I wish God would do that to the believers in the United States. To realize it's not just about gathering people and all of that and saying God is blessing us. I know God wants to bless us, but there is a work to be done. And many of us are so invested in what's happening in our own life, our own lives, we're not concerned about what's happening to the rest of them. And look at what God's doing now. God's sending missionaries from Africa. You remember the dark continent? That's where God's picking up missionaries and he's sending them to the west. You figure out. Figure that out yourself. I don't understand what's going on. He's sending missionaries now from Africa, different, they tell them they're going all over and starting up churches. God help us. We need to wake up. We are so invested in everything that's happening in our lives, my bills and all of that. Jesus said in, 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 in Matthew 6 verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. That's what he wants us to do. So now the persecution came, arose against the church because God wanted them out. Jerusalem had already been filled with the word of God, Acts chapter 5. They, even the leaders, was, they were accusing them. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon our head. Now this is two, uh, three years later, chapter 8. And persecution had come. God said, get out of Jerusalem. <laughs> get out. Judea needs the gospel. <laughs> Samaria needs the gospel. The uttermost parts of the world needs the gospel. May God open our eyes so we can see that at the ark here. Amen? It says, 
At this time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea. That's where God wanted them. He got them where he wanted them. And Samaria, remember, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. Now they were, God got them where he wanted them. But notice what it says. Except the apostles. So the apostles were still in Jerusalem. I thought well, the pastors are supposed to do the preaching. But look at what they did. In verse 4, it says, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere. Where did they go? Everywhere doing what? Preaching the word of God. How could they preach? Had they been in Bible school? Who ordained them to preach? See, that's what's missing. This is how Acts of the Apostle is saying, this is the way we should live our lives as Christians. That's what he's saying. They went everywhere preaching the word of God. Everywhere. In Judea and Samaria. And that's when Philip went to Sychar and had that great revival. We should be doing the same. You know, we're preparing something in our church. And I've said that this. and pulling some individuals really close because I believe that God is showing me the great harvest is coming to the Ark Fellowship. And, and we have to have people who are leaders. When they come, they are going to be taught by people who have confidence. So we're going to spend the summer working with people. I'm going to be doing that. I've told, I told the staff, for me, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to do anything. I'm ready to stay awake. It doesn't matter. If it comes to teaching, I'm ready. Whatever God has shown to me, anyone who wants to listen and wants to please come, we can be brother and sister together. And we're going to do a work for God. We are going to grow. Because if we're not growing, we're dying. That's just the truth. We've got to grow. And believe me, if you grow, if this church is growing, and I'm praying for our church, if this church is growing spiritually, guess what God's going to be doing in families? Your family will have such great peace, you won't believe it. You'll be asking, because of the peace, you'll be asking, what's going on? It's like a fellow, God was blessing him because he had been putting out his, his giving to God for a while, and God started blessing him, and he said he went to God, he says, God, are you sure everything is okay? Because I've never had this like this. Am I okay? Is everything okay between me? Because uh, I haven't had any trouble. God says, just sit back and enjoy, okay? I'm blessing you. We're getting there, amen? We're going to get there. This is what we're doing. I want to share this scripture about how all of Asia heard the word of God. Acts 19, that's 19 years later from the day of Pentecost. 19 years later. Paul now wasn't going out with Barnabas. He was going out with Silas. But the Bible says, Paul went through the upper coast and he came to Ephesus. And there he found certain disciples beginning from verse 1. And he asked them if they had been, if they had been filled with the Holy Spirit when they believed. 
And after he baptized them, Paul went into Ephesus and went in the, into the synagogue and started teaching the Jews as well as the Gentiles. But the Jews didn't like his message because they wanted to keep it to themselves. We are God's people, not the Gentiles. But Paul was preaching to everybody. They didn't like it, and so they started speaking evil of the word. Let me read. It says in verse 9, But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, that happens sometimes. He departed from them. That's Paul departed from them and withdrew uh, the disciples, those who, were, who had accepted the word. Reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Somebody called Tyrannus, opened this school and said, we, we, we like what you're what you sharing with us. Please come and share. And so he started reasoning with them, kind of going through the scriptures, showing them stuff, helping them to think in the right way concerning the gospel. Basically, he was teaching them. When he says reasoning with them, they were not arguing with him. They were disciples. He was reasoning with them, helping them to understand the new revelation that God was giving. Can I hear an amen? And this continued for how many years? Two years. So that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Gentiles. Two years. The whole of Asia. You think Paul was the one going around preaching to everybody? Absolutely not. Who was doing the preaching? So that every Jew, every Gentile heard the word. You see, that's the thing. These people gave their lives for this. I'm sure some of them left whatever they were doing to make sure Everyone heard the word. What are we doing? The whole of that region heard the word of God. I think the word is to every one of us sitting here today. I shared about Samuel bringing me to the Lord. I know his name. You may know the fellow that brought you to the Lord. Have you lost your passion to obey God? These people were very passionate. You can't tell me how a whole region, both Jew and gender, everyone in that place. If I ask today in Cyprus, can you really say that everyone in Cyprus has heard the Greek gospel? This is from scripture now. And you know the scripture cannot lie. Everybody was given an opportunity to hear the word. Today, I don't know what's happening. When you tell believers about this, they tell you, well, I can, I can share the gospel another way by living right. Well, they preached. Right? They preached. Jesus didn't share the gospel by walking all through Jerusalem and Judea and, and, and just walking and saying, see how holy. Son of God. Is that how he reached old people? He preached. He spent time teaching. Why don't you spend time teaching? Why don't you spend time ministering the word as well? Why don't you start a Bible study in your home? Who says you cannot do it? Angela and I started a Bible study 
when we first moved into Houston, uh, Eastern Commons, is that what they call that, that apartment complex? We talked to the, the people there, and they allowed us to use their common room or whatever they call it. And a friend of mine said, let's start a church. I told him, no, I'm not called to be a pastor. I'm not going to start a church, and I'm not going to let you start one either. <laughs> I was very firm because we wanted to reach people door to door. And guess what? People were coming. We had people going to church with us. So why don't you start one? Have you lost your fire for God? Is the fire still there? Or are you saying, I can't do it. I don't know how. But I tell you what, if you decide to do it, even in your sleep, God will start giving you words and revelation. I tell you the truth. God will start showing you things. He's done that with me. He'll start revealing things to you. And when he gives you a revelation, his spirit follows through and he begins to bless you and people will know. I mean, you know Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer, you know how she started? Just a Bible study at home with all of her problems. And she's very open about her problems. But she never quit. Even with discouraging times. And I'm telling you, if you're a church member at the ark, you can start a Bible study. Talk to me about it. We can walk together. We've got to reach them. They may not come to church, but they may come to your Bible study. If, you are, if you're not able to do it, lock in with a brother or another sister. Can we do this together? And guess who is your partner in that? The Holy Ghost is saying, yes, we can do this together. Start it. And they'll start coming. They'll start coming. We have to have hope because the Holy Spirit is with us. The Bible says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Start small. That's how joy started. I don't think joy saw herself to be known all over the world today. They know of joy. I can call them in Nigeria and they're telling me, we just watched Joyce on television. They know her. Started Bible study in her home with all the troubles she, was, she had in her life. Anyone can do it. I'm convinced. And that's what the message is for you today. Don't look to your own resources. If God has put it in your heart, some of us feel like, well, God has called me to the ministry. And you're thinking he wants you to stand behind the pulpit. He didn't ask George to do that. She started from a Bible study. And that pulpit is not in a church. It's all over the world. The stage is the world. You can start small. Jesus said, who takes the, everyone who drinks this water that I will give to him, the water will become in him a fountain of waters springing up into everlasting life. Why don't you just take that little water this morning, amen, and be encouraged. Stand up with me today. You can start something. You can start something. You can start something. And I say this to encourage you. When God gives a mandate, I don't really care about anything. We started our church with Pastor Wendy. We're probably about 20 people in my home. But I believe God was in it. I knew God was in it. Angela and I had got, gone through two years of very discouraging times, except the fruit was there when it comes to God bringing people into the kingdom. Just 20, about 20 people in the home. 
Innocent Rose and Music Care pastors. <laughs> and we had one keyboard. But God was with us. And we found that place, the old building. And we started raising money to buy the building. In three months, we were able to raise, including the money Pastor gave us, probably about $35,000. And we were asking one another, members, I was asking them, where is the money coming from? <laughs> because when I look at the people there, you can't calculate it properly. There was no rich person among us. But the money was coming. I believe God wants to use you. Amen? Start something. Start something. Let's commit to the Lord this morning. Jesus committed to you by giving his life. Are you going to commit with, to him by sharing the gospel? This week while you are out, like Emilio told me, I just shared with this person. Go ahead. Share the word of God with them. You know what the Holy Spirit would do? You're sitting by a person and a strange thought floats into your head. and says, why don't you tell him about Jesus? You're thinking, you're thinking. Put that together. You're just thinking, that's my thought. No. Guess who it's coming from? From him. And I guarantee you, if you listen to him, even if that person doesn't receive Christ, he started something in you that the world cannot take away from you forever. Amen? Father God, I want to thank you today for your great love and your great mercy, your great kindness towards us. I know your people are blessed, tremendously blessed, because you have made them the light of the world. You have made them the salt of the earth. That's who we are. All heads bowed this morning. If you have not made Jesus Lord of your life and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Jesus, I didn't get to it this morning. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before this adulterous generation, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. He died on the cross for you without any shame because you are that valuable. Today is asking you to receive him. All you have to do is raise your hand up and receive him with all of your heart. At the count of three, if, you, if that's you today and you're saying, Lord, Jesus, I, I really want to know you. I want to know you better. I want to be part of your life. I want you, Lord Jesus, to be a part of my life. I want you in my life. I want you in my heart. I want you in my family. I want you to be the Lord of over my life, every part of my life. If that's you this morning, and the count of three, I want you to raise your hand, and pastor is going to pray for you. God will hear our prayers, and your life will be changed. Amen? At the count of three, just raise your hand up quickly, and I'll pray for you. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands this morning. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I know who else appreciates it. The Lord God himself. Jesus said, for everyone who received Jesus as Lord, on the earth, there is joy among the multitudes of angels in heaven. In the midst of the angels in heaven. What you did this morning brought joy to the Lord God. What you did this morning put a smile on his face. 
And God will bless you for it. All you need to do is please be taught of the word. The Bible says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word so you can grow. When you become a Christian, you are a new Christian, a new baby. Even if you are 50, 60, 70 years old, you are a baby in the mind of God spiritually. You need to let the word of God be taught to you and watch God begin to do his things in your life. And it's never too late. Amen? So I want everyone, especially those who raised their hands this morning, pray this prayer from the heart. And I guarantee you, you'll never have to say this prayer again because that puts your name in the book of life. And if something happens to you, happens to you today, suddenly, God forbid, and you happen to close your eyes on this side of heaven, you open your eyes on the other side, in the very presence of the Father. And he'll be telling you, welcome home, daughter. Welcome home, son. Because you prayed this prayer today. But you have a work to do. And God's going to keep you here with us. Amen? Say, pray with me this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying for my sins. Lord, I give my life to you. Heavenly Father, I rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. I receive him, your only begotten son, into my life this morning to be my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Lord. I know you've heard me. I believe that I'm a child of God right now in Jesus' name. Amen. There's one more thing I want you to do. It's so important. So important. You know, the Bible tells us that if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and you confess him with your mouth, then you are saved. Amen. What I want you to do right now before we close, turn around, shake the hand of the other person and tell them, I am a child of God. Can you do that? Turn to the other person, tell them, they really mean it, I'm a child of God, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God. You are. That's the truth. That's the truth. And you are blessed. God bless you. We have a party out there, so don't go home. Let's have fun together. You are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. Amen. Thank you. Let's clap. Put a clap offering to the Lord right now. Give him one. Amen.